1: So join the conversation, hashtag Marsha's Plate.
2: Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say.
0: You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on Patreon.com/slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? What is hey? It's good. <laughs> How was your week going?
2: My week has been very trying. It's given, you know, when you watch them, the holiday movies, like I feel like I'm in a holiday movie, but I'm, you know, I'm not letting the Scrooge or the Grinch get to me. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping the holiday spirits high, <laughs> being positive. That's but it's real. been good. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's been
3: good. Um, my week's been okay. I mean, it's a little, towards the end, it was a little bit more difficult. Uh, I had a procedure done on my back where they took out a lipoma kind of like Dr. Pimple Popper kind of thing to like go in and then take it out but mine was a little bit more difficult to take out than they expected so I've just been kind of sore I was telling dime i like 39 hits a little little differently apparently I ain't bouncing back as quick as I thought so uh, I've just been laying down a lot Um, but yeah outside of that I'm doing right. but yeah um, outside of that I've just been trying to lay down figure out how I could lay down without hurting my back because it's like a one and a half inch uh thing with stitches i gotta get them taken out next Ooh. week so yeah It was i love did lot of come out no i mean it, they showed me what it looked like it was just like a little it was like a ball like it's a, it was like a quarter a little bit of, oh, bigger than a quarter
2: did they open
3: it up yeah they like cut me open they numb me up and they no, kept... Did they
2: open at the ball because like oh no no no, on, no. it's fat hat.
3: It's what fat looks like. It's literally, I think it's literally like a, it's like a ball of fat. It's like a fatty okay. tumor, but it's not. And I asked him like, why do people get these? And he was like, some people just get them. They're hereditary. I know um, for my dad, he went to Vietnam and he said he didn't get them until afterwards because of Agent Orange, but who knows? Because the government don't even really claim that, so... <laughs> But but it's okay. It's not cancerous. So,
0: do y'all be watching those pimple popper videos? Because those be like, I'm like not addicted to them, but I like once I get once I get into one, I'm gonna watch a couple of them. Do y'all be into videos like that? Yeah, I was just watching uh, Dr. Pimple Popper. That's why I asked him. Did they did
2: they cut it open? Because like sometimes when they cut it open, it looks like oatmeal, or sometimes it like. Uh -uh. It's, no. Interesting.
3: No, yeah. but it was it wasn't fragments though because like the the it was like kind of stuck in there and it was like it it was like next to my spine on the left in the, my middle of my back on the left so it was just like this ball. But, but did uh, it feel
2: like some pressure? Like it feels. It seems like it would have some pressure if
3: like you had a knot right there by your spine. Yeah, I can't tell right now because I just got stitches <laughs> right now, so i just gonna figure out like how to sit or how, to, how not to uh, irritate it too much because, but the, the doctor was kind of, anyway, he was kind of less days ago. I didn't like that. He was younger and he was just like, all right, we'll see you next week to take the stitches out. I, I was like, so is it going to be painful? Should I be cleaning it? He gave me one Band-Aid, <laughs> one bandage, like them big Band-Aids and was like, here you <laughs> go, you, you know. Anyway, so I might have to call them up and be like, racism i was like why are you trying to skedaddle me out here you just opened my back up my body up baby and stitched it up like what what,
2: girl on to the next person
3: anyway (laughs) but i'm okay that
0: is good (laughs) so speaking of holiday (laughs) movies i recently watched um the Grinch again. I have been watching it, but I really enjoyed Jim Carreys. There is nobody. Um, I talked about this on Twitter. There's nobody who could have played The Grinch like Jim Carrey. He should have got a fucking Oscar for that. What holiday movies are y'all watching What are some of your favorite holiday movies? Are y'all are y'all into watching holiday movies or are they a source of depression for y'all? Because they do be kind of depressing
3: sometimes. <laughs> I'm I like the Divas Christmas Carol. That's it. I got a group of friends. Uh, we call ourselves the Divas and we always watch uh, Divas Christmas Carol with Vanessa Williams that VH1 thing she did a while ago that's a classic I've
2: never seen that
3: oh it's a classic you probably could get it on YouTube it's good though I mean it's not you know it's its so good it's so bad it's good you know
0: does <laughs> Vanessa Bishop Williams play the Scrooge character type character yes
3: yes okay. yeah. one of my other favorites too was uh, Mrs. Scrooge with Cicely Tyson that's a oh that's a throwback it used to come on like whatever like the WB channels before they were WB, come or, UB, on WB. or whatever or C dub used to be like super stations.
2: I like I always like all the Home so, so those are mm. my favorite go-tos. Um, those are classics. Yeah. Yeah, those are my favorite ones and um I forgot it's this one where um it's this one's kind of like scary comedy type of one like Santa Santa Nick or something where Santa is not actually Santa. He's like this demon or something. And he's, he's like wearing everybody out. But then like everybody. Krumpus. Krumpus that's what it's called. Krumpus. That one's like, oh. oh. Yeah. That, that one is fun. You
0: were like a scary Christmas show.
2: <laughs> it's fun. It keeps showing your clothes. And then it's funny too. So I like me a cute little mix.
1: Growing up, it was Friday afternoons that was my favorite.
0: Out there, mm. now, I, I forgot. Know. I forgot the Friday after next was holiday themes.
1: <laughs> unlike the other one. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't care to watch uh, Christmas. movies, but mm. Yeah, I think my favorite. I think I'm
0: old school. So I'm gonna go with um, uh, definitely the Grinch, but like the original cartoon, Dr. Seuss Grinch. But also, um, what's the one with the, the land of the misfit toys? The, is that Rudolph story? We we had a like it's old. It's uh, like old. is it like
3: the claymation?
0: Yes. The one <laughs> with uh, the very, very old one when there was like a um a abominable, abominable snowman wearing mm-hmm. the out. I mm-hmm. love that one. I'm sure my age, but I love that one. But that's older than me. That's <laughs> like my fucking granny's age. <laughs> but um that one, I love that one. And I also love I like the Charlie Brown one too. It's something about the Charlie Brown mm-hmm. with that with that little bitty ass um. Christmas tree and the the star was too heavy for it. I I thought that was so (laughs) cute. It reminds me of being a kid. And yeah, those three are my favorites. Favorite Christmas Christmas shows, I think. Yeah, those are my favorite. So audience, tell us what, hashtag us, Marsha's Play, and tell us what your favorite Christmas shows are and why. Hit us up on Instagram or hit us up on Twitter, wherever you... You know, follow us at and let us know what your favorite Christmas show is.
3: Oh, my God. I want to
0: thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yay. yay, yay, yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the pulse of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter anything helps. please do i have to play Sir mclaughlin and show you puppies like what do i have to do do i have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money <laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. I
2: thought this was something important to talk about because um has to do with trans people getting jobs. So I feel like, you know, tis the season where people are trying to get them some extra income. You might try to get you like a second job or the third job. I don't know. You know, the girls are trying to get different revenues of coins. Right. So if that's what you're trying to do in... You trying to go to Uber and get your job, bitch, make sure that your driver's license and everything matches because they mm. are clipping the girl's booze. So oh. what makes me uh, bring that up is that um, there was a there's a trans guy who was working for Uber and um, he I, I guess all of a sudden they kicked him out and he was like, you know, I'm I'm not understanding what's happening. So it's like, we need you to verify. So he said, okay, I'll verify. He took pictures. Um, he did everything that they needed for him to do to be verified, like to say, hey, this is right. me. And they still were denying him. And he was like, okay, well, what's going on? Then he realized that his ID and stuff did not have, uh, didn't look like how he looked now.
1: Um, so his... More head so head in his FD transition. FD so I,
2: uh, I have to look into more, but... Basically, his his ID and what he looked like now didn't match. Kind of what happened to you in Egypt, and so um, they've just been doing a lot of trans people like that lately. The drivers that they did this to, um, their their accounts have been permanently blank banned. So it's not like oh they could come back and be like hey, and wow. this issue they're permanently banning these people.
1: Interesting. Wow. Is this this just Lyft? I
3: mean, this just Uber or is this Uber and Lyft?
2: Right now, it's Uber. And this was um, December the 10th. To me, it's like, oh, we don't care. Like, this this is what your legal documents say. Because they always pull that, like, the people who are on the other side, they're always like, well, you know, if you want to be called the name that you were born as, because this happened to me at Walmart, then um, you need to get your identification changed. A manager told me that, actually.
0: Also, it's, it feels like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, this is... Like, these are the type of jobs that save us when we have problems with getting hired at traditional Mm -hmm. regular regular jobs. Like, these type of independent um, 1099 jobs where we... You know, we we don't have a boss. This is literally how trans people yep. will have issues with you know job placement or issues with workforce discrimination because of you know how they look or because of whatever reason, whatever barriers they get jobs like Uber and DoorDash because of the lack right. of barriers. So the fact that this and this is could be their only survival because. You know, I know being an ex sex worker. When I was trying to come out of the sex game because they were fucking, fucking with the ads and 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 bothering yeah. people who making our ads getting taken down, getting flagged, and blah 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 blah. I needed to, I needed to pay my fucking bills. And so, if I had a job like this after I'm coming out of sex work involuntarily, and you are then on um, phospha and SEPTA and all those rules is happening where I can't freely just sex work in the way that I used to. These are the type of jobs that saves people lives and saves people livelihoods. So when you start fucking up these type of jobs, it really affects the people who are on the fucking margin. So this exactly. is so fucking shady to me. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to add some extra stuff too,
2: Diamond. Um, Cause that's, what
3: yes. I I,
2: no, and I agree with you also, like it does make it harder. I, for some reason, I, I also feel like it's an a, a, a uneducated type of thing like like they're just not educated about them also cuz I'm also reading that um like the reason why they said that they were matching pro- uh, profile photos to government IDs is, is to help fraud pre- prevention measures to um to help undertake I guess uh parts of its safety protocols they also said that they are um that the partners in Uber are, are making efforts to remedy the situations like in a, in a timely manner, as far as like unbanning them, so they they're. I guess they're trying to rectify the situation now that it's kind of like gone to media and people are talking about it. Also, don't
3: oh, they get back pay? You know, lost wages for not being able to work because of this policy that they didn't. I mean, yeah, because it sounds like what you're saying to me is like they didn't. They they're trying to play both sides of it. Well, we had mm-hmm. this policy, but we didn't know it was just going to really disproportionately impact trans people. So we're going to try to fix it because they're getting the bad press.
2: It also I hope they get price. lost
3: wages. I hope they get their money back. I mean, get paid.
2: That would be sickening, but we know how they work. Right. And Diamond had posed the question, like, why aren't we getting our name and gender, genders and stuff changed? You know, like, why aren't we doing this so that we're not being discriminated in the workforce? And
3: It costs money.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. I was no, no, like, no, no. I was I want to be specific. We, oh, okay. I got updating you. the pictures. Now I know why we can't get oh, it. Okay. I know the barriers okay. to getting your oh, name you changed, like, but pictures, like if you, got you. Got you if you but you can update your picture just by going to the um
3: DMV. Like why is that not happening? It might not be safe for some people depending on how often they use their ID. You know, for whatever they're using it for like they getting like public assistance or something, you know, you might not want to you know shaking i don't know you know what i mean it just depends on your situation how yeah. often you have to use it for certain it could be, stuff but
2: it can, and then it also could just be a hassle i guess potentially but,
3: yeah
2: yeah but i i guess what i was saying was um like i remember like when like there was a time i didn't have my name and id um i'm sorry gender marker change on my id and mm-hmm. the people who would um who would discriminate against me in the workforce would make that, uh, will say that, hey, you know, this is what legally we're trying to do. And so since legally your documentation says this, so I can say that I can do this because legally, this is what, these are legal documents. So we're, it's not that we're trying to do anything towards you specifically. We're just going about it the uh, the way protocol is supposed to go about it. And they'll try to try to base it that way, but I feel like, Honestly, it's just them. It, it could be them being ignorant, but then it also could be them um, just trying to, like, be politically correct.
0: Politically correct, but in a shady ass way. Like yeah, I, that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. It, you, bitch, you trying to, you just doing, you trying to, if it was <laughs> another circumstance where a, a cisgender person wanted to be called a particular you know, nickname instead of their whole name, you wouldn't even be tripping. You would just do it. It would, but because this is about my transness, you are making right. this, um, you're making this an issue and trying to use, you know, the protocol as fucking, you're wep- weaponizing the protocol against me. Also, yeah. two movements that are happening that kind of can kind of clash in this kind of arena. Like when we're talking about safety and protection of like, um, you know, trafficking and stuff like that. Not people not being kidnapped by Uber drivers and, you know, mm-hmm. and not, you know, we've had incidents of rape with Uber drivers, incidents of, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that happening. And so when we, when we, one thing about the company, they need to make sure that who is the driver, who the driver is that's saying that they are, that is who they are. They're just, they're just not, um, you know what I'm saying? The, it is There is a level of safety, so they got to make sure that whoever mm-hmm. this person is with the ID is matching the driver, is matching the driver's license and the name, all that stuff. I can understand how in, in, in the movement to try to protect and stop sex trafficking and protect mm-hmm. people from not being harmed by Uber drivers who may be wanting to do something shady, I can understand how they want to be very, very strict about everything matching. You feel what I'm saying? I can right, see, right, I can right. see how that those two movements—the movement of affirming trans people and the movement of mm-hmm. affirming identity of the drivers—can actually clash at that at that particular point.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. That from what they were talking about, like like bringing up protocol and fraud and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, it definitely goes in my way. Right. But but potentially still, like if li- this is not an issue at Lyft. Like, they might have figured out how to, how to figure that out at Lyft. Like, what are they doing at Lyft where this is not necessarily being brought up? Because you did mention Diamond. Like, they, they're they known to be more progressive or more liberal with their policies. Like, yeah, yeah. It does seem kind of like a oops. Like, they just not prioritizing trans people.
2: It's hard to gauge, like, hey, are they actually being late or are they not unless you're in the
3: mm-hmm.
0: situation? With both of those clashing things, trying to make mm-hmm. sure identity is right to protect people who may be harmed by some person using Uber as a tool to kidnap women uh, or, or you know, mm-hmm. whoever that might be kidnappable. <laughs> um, right. How, what's the solution?
2: I mean, the, I mean, the only thing that I, the only solution I can think of is more money, more money and then putting um, putting into their. Um, their fraud department and um their hr which 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 makes it more tedious especially right. uh, for just a small uh, bit of a minority community that may be ubering for them because you know it's not that many of us so it, that i think that's the question for like the top dogs or the ceos like oh does it do we really want to put this money in to differentiate People trying to take advantage of the system versus some trans people's identities and how you know so we can overcome these civil lawsuits or what may happen to the company and I think that's mm-hmm. the real
1: question.
0: And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, put the money into it because it shouldn't mm-hmm. matter um, the small our small numbers. Mm-hmm. It should, or how small our numbers are shouldn't really be shouldn't matter. It should be. You are doing what's right for all of your customers, and right. this is affecting our community. So do do what you need
3: to do. Simple as that. Also, like Uber has a lot of money. Like Uber could say, you know what, we're gonna pay for you to change your ID documents if that's what you need to do. <laughs> you know, like they could do that too. They got a lot of it's money. If they want to, you know, because it's it's gonna be 2022. Like they should have a solution. This should not be an issue. In the, in the 21st different. century, in the same kind of way, they, they kind of being late with that.
2: Kind of like Starbucks, how Starbucks has like an insurance program that helps mm-hmm. trans people get like top surgery or gender affirming surgeries. Mm-hmm. And they have had a program that would help the girls get their gender and, and name change so that they wouldn't have to deal with that. That would be bomb. Mm-hmm.
0: But especially not just um, that would be beautiful, but even I, I want you to go that far, but you don't even have to go that far have a protocol to where if somebody tells us I'm trans or non-binary, there's another, just like when we have our phones, there are two, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. two-step verification. Instead of it just (laughs) being the normal one step, (laughs) make it some type of two-step verification. Oh, you say you're trans, now the protocol changed. How do we verify that this person is trans? This person is who they say they are. And then go in that, in in that direction. Instead of just fucking banning them, banning them don't solve the problem. You banning them just it just doesn't it just it just doesn't work and so why not oh if a person just like if i say i'm disabled and i have mm-hmm. you know, i know y'all have rode a uber or a lyft and and, the, and your lyft driver has has a hearing impairment and the and the app tells you oh um this person has a hearing impairment so if you want to talk to them text them or it, it, there's a protocol that happens when their driver right. has a, a hearing impairment And so the same exact thing do when you are making there's a there should be a different protocol that happens when a person indicates to you, you know, maybe the first algorithm or system said, oh, no, these are not matching. And then when they indicate to you when they respond and say, hey, I'm actually transgender and this is doctor's letter or whatever they need um, to prove to you that they're trans. Boom! That's the next step, but banning them doesn't solve the problem. And I think that part is the most the most egregious that you fucking banning these people from a source of
3: getting work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. That's what
2: makes, yeah, that's what makes me think that like they're like this small community. We don't care. We can we can ban this small amount of people and not have to deal with them and say oh it's just a system glitch or you know we just couldn't get to it because we're so busy when we're in reality we're telling our customer service represents that we don't want to deal with that. And if it is a trans
1: person right. identity stuff, then pay it. Because they do do that. Mm-hmm. To I don't want to have to tell a job I'm trans if I don't need to. So I don't know about the two-step trans verification. But as far as the particular person, if you're unsure about them, then ask for extra verification. But that's my opinion.
0: Even when you don't have your name changed, Z. Which
1: means
0: how would you not like if it doesn't match, if all of your things says your old name and your um and your and your gender marker isn't changed, but you right. are sitting here looking like Earl, how would they verify what's going on? Well,
1: like I said, with that particular person, but making all the trans people that want to work for them say if they're trans and file the documentation to prove that you're trans, I'm not.
0: Yeah, that. I wouldn't want, if everything's changed, I wouldn't want to have to talk about my yeah. transness. Mm-hmm. But if it's not changing, it's in question, I would be like, hmm. Yeah. Well, if it's in question, I would, I would think that if you want the job and they're threatening banning you, that you wouldn't mind explaining it to HR, not explaining it to everybody, it's particularly a job like Uber where you're not in a team and you probably the person that you're talking to probably will never see you. That's probably somebody wherever their headquarters are. You're never going to see them. But you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where not, it, I, I would feel uncomfortable if I'm working with a team and I got to tell the whole team. But this particular type of job where I'm literally just working by myself, driving in a car, um, right. I wouldn't right. be tripping. I wouldn't be tripping about telling HR just to make sure I keep my job and keep my source of income that, yo, my stuff doesn't match because I'm trans. You will have a problem with that? Um,
1: mm-hmm. If it doesn't match, would, you know, like, for, like that particular person. Yeah, but like, for it to be, uh, you say you want a job with Uber and if, like, they ask you if you're trans or not and there's only a selection where you have to put that you trans no. and you have to submit documentation I wouldn't want that I no wouldn't I wouldn't want, want that. that either yeah yes. right. so.
2: what do you guys think that um, Uber can do as far as management um, to help implement and make it easier for trans people to be able to work for them without all the claws mm-hmm. and extra stuff to hoops and hurdles what do you guys think hashtag Marshall right? like
0: All right. So I want to talk about um, how safe we are making our community in regards to like our scars and our surgery choices and stuff like that. I recently interviewed um, Raji. Um, She is the trans woman who came to fame with, um, with because she had some silicone botched surgeries and you know she was on the show botched actually and they she had got pumped by a a silicone lady in florida named duchess and they had put you know that fix a flag Mm. cement all that kind of stuff they had put bad stuff in her body yeah and she had to get she had to get you know, reconstructive surgeries. And, you know, she's going to be on the show in a couple, in in a few episodes. And in my mind, while we were talking, I was like, we really should be really, really careful in how we engage with people who have gotten surgery, because I am seeing, and I don't know if y'all tell me if y'all have seen this, I'm seeing, you know, like when it comes to you know, just when we get surgeries and there are some mistakes, when mistakes is going to happen, maybe not be as extreme as Raji's, but Mm -hmm. you know, like I, when I think about top surgeries, when I think about um, breast augmentations for trans women, when I think Mm -hmm. about um, BBLs, when I think about, you know, just things that happen, FFS, when I think about things that particularly it within in in the community, when I think about things people say, I uh, sometimes I see people being being not very sensitive about those things within our community. Have y'all seen a trend in that? Because you know, yeah, when somebody has some great things happening, they're like, Oh, yes, heart surgery went well, blah, 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 blah. But if there's some kind of scarring or some type of keloiding or some type of whatever. We are just as nasty um, about that to each other. And so I want to know, are we creating a safe place around, you know, those kind of things within our community? Because um, I I see some shady-ass comments about, like, trans men's top surgery scars. I see some shady-ass comments about people's nose jobs. I see some shady-ass comments about um, their body work, that, like, if they done got pumped and if they're... Um, you know, I just see this kind of trend in that. And I want to understand. I want to see if y'all have seen that kind of trend as well.
1: I haven't seen
3: it as much. I haven't seen a lot. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen as much. Uh, I don't know. With top surgery, in terms of like trans men and trans masculine folks, I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen a lot of shade with, in the community as much, but that's my experience. I'm not sure. What about you, Z?
2: What What about um, like personal, like like not just like posts, but like okay from okay. friends or other trans people, like in your in your intermediate circle.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think closed doors, right, right. I mean, I, I think because I'm a little older too. Like, well, like not older, but just you know, just, I guess I'm kind of older now. I'm kind of trying to accept that. I'm 39. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been transitioning medically for like 11 years at this point. So, you know, um, I think for folks, we we talked about this too, Diamond, like the reality is just different too around access to hormones, access to surgery. So I, my experience has been more of like, you know, kind of talking through things. It hasn't really necessarily, it's been more of a supportive kind of communication. I really haven't heard too much. because so I was like pre the era of, this is my chest. Trans- I just had surgery on social media. I'm right before that. So, <laughs> and I've seen some of that, right? But even with that, a lot of times when I saw a lot of comments, it was like, not necessarily uh, trans folks too. Cause you know, they had all that viral stuff going on for a minute. I know for me, um, I've kind of done it because
1: mm. I've um, I've looked at some guys' scars, and I've been like, oh, I don't like the placement of it. You know, kind of just relating mm-hmm. to what I want my scar placement to be. I want it to look as natural as possible. That's just my, that was my preferences. But I have visible scars. It's only been like a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half since I had top surgery. And so that was something I wanted to do, but it wasn't like a shaming. But also in as far as surgery goes, there's a actual thing, you know, about botchedness. And you know, it's it's a real thing. So I kind of just um, am on the realistic spectrum, but I'm never gonna be mean to the person. I'm just gonna be thinking, oh, that might be botched if it is, if it looks like mm-hmm. the doctor was careless because that happens to trans people as well. Some of the doctors um, Mm -hmm. may watch on purpose. There's history of that. So um, Mm -hmm. that's been my experience. I have, and I've seen other guys talk about, you know, that's kind of sensitive about where they want their scar placement or uh, some of them may have had scars above the nipples rather Mm -hmm. than below some of them don't like that. And really it's mostly the person itself that um, critiques it more than I have seen. But other than that mm-hmm. I've seen some guys not referenced to an actual person, but right. say like straight up like I've seen a guy where the scars was like this. I don't want that.
3: You know, right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that.
2: Mm. What
3: about
2: you? Well, that's nice, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we just we baby.
3: Yes, new, we so. Keep it real. <laughs> we brand new. You we know don't see. I'm like, I really, I don't see the shade like that yet. Yeah, Do we? Baby. Yeah. <laughs> the girls wear
2: each other out. We
1: make
3: memes
2: of each other <laughs> and put them in groups. No, we like,
1: don't. You don't see that kind oh, of no, stuff I've seen, too I've much. Seen, I've seen people talk about uh trans men bottom surgery, like even trans women. I've seen them talk about our bottoms. Our mm, there's been more conversation about trans men and their bodies, not from trans men
3: than trans men in terms of like social media. At least that's been my observation.
1: It's more so outside people that have their comments from what mm-hmm. I see. Is it comes from more so outside people that say mean stuff, but
3: then that viral stuff started
1: too, you know. Um,
2: when you when you say outside people, you're talking about people who are non-trans men. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we definitely <laughs> the, 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 on the women's side, baby. It gets, nasty. Yeah. it's really competitive. Wow. Um, but like, especially in barroom, like, mm-hmm. um, the girls are pinned against each other and picked apart from like scars on your face to your, your the imperfections of your body, to be m- more cis. The goal is to look like a, a cis woman in a Barbie. And if you don't look like that, the girls be wearing you out. But outside of ballroom, like just I've, I've been in surgery groups where people have shown other girls like bad silicone where they're like, oh, you don't want your body to look like this. You want to go to such and such and such. She mm-hmm. does her silicone better. And or 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 doctors who have bad work, like they'll show uh, examples of other girls bodies or um, like even like girlfriends that don't even like say say there's a girl you trust in and you show her your pictures or whatever. And some other girls are having the conversation. They'll pull up your stuff and be like, look, like, there's yeah, there's uh, there's
3: without checking.
1: Yeah, I mean, dang." I mean, um, <laughs> document, though. They, do that, they do that with with cis, cis women, do that with cis women. Yeah. Cis men do that to cis women and trans women. And people kind of just let men kind of just be.
2: Are you talking about like Barbara? i talking about society. Oh, breaking women down so much. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I mean, but then mm-hmm. also, like, I think the girls are striving for perfection. Like, they they also want to be like this picture perfect image of what a woman is, but without like the scars and the trauma and stuff. But we all know surgery is surgery and you have to do your research. You'll do research gag. And some of the girls be trying to get turn like microwave it and you can't microwave it. It, You just got to slow cook her and roast her. You microwave her (laughs) and go to Mexico.
3: Right. Right.
2: And, and you gag because you thought you was getting a McDonald's special. They said they had the titties for a thousand, the BBL for, uh, for five hundred, and a nose for two. And you thought you was come. Listen, so, so, and then yeah. I
1: so do you think it's worse? Because Diamond was talking about a trend. Do you feel like it's worse now than it was before? Because this has been going on a Is life. it worse now? Yeah. Um. To be honest,
2: I'm not. I'm not in the groups anymore, but I would think it's the same. Like, I don't think anything mm. has really changed. Like, I don't think there's like this big, big thing where people are are starting to now wear the girls out. What I think it is, is now is that people are more open about their surgeries and it's mm. become very accessible to people and people mm. are, are people can clock surgeries now. So now it's like, everybody is like reading it. Like, oh, everybody in Atlanta got BBLs or like, mm. it's. <laughs> i think this is so accessible people are starting to, it's, it's starting to become a norm in the culture to see oh did she got her body done she didn't No, she doesn't and i think it's always kind of been like that but it's just getting a little worse it? <laughs> i mean i mean you want to look like a girl uh, the doll like it comes with some things honey you want the attention they're gonna break you down that's what they do I do
0: see more of a negative when it comes to trans women. And I think that's when it comes when it comes to like who is talking about on a negative level. I I definitely like you, like you said, Mia, um I, I definitely see um trans women, even with trans women about trans me, I see it more often in that regard. But but that's usually about when I see trans women talking about, um, um, trans men, it's usually about their top surgery. Anytime, not that this doesn't apply everywhere, but anytime that I have ever seen and had a negative conversation about bottom surgery with trans men has been from other trans men. I like, I, there, there've been pictures sent to me by other trans men about about bottom surgery in a negative way. Like <clears throat> I've never I that hasn't happened to me. Wow. In um in from a trans woman, I have seen definitely seen trans women talking about top surgery scars, but <clears throat> um but the publicly, but in, in in personal conversations, I have never had a trans woman send me um, pictures of bottom surgery of a trans man it, it's always been other trans men who has it, who huh. was sending me those pictures always
3: i mean it's such a rare surgery too at this <laughs> point still mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah that's interesting
2: I, yeah like but i know like i've seen like the girls who don't got sex changes talk about the girl and like where are the girls out that do have sex changes yeah. like girl your puss don't really get wet, or it's you know it's the girls who say it's like a oh.
0: puss. Oh, it's definitely a problem with the girls.
2: <laughs>
0: wow. You know, uh, it's like the dudes are uh, way more nicer.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like you know, when like having those conversations, like Ooh. I can see like a sex change yeah. woman being like, "Wow, like it wearing them out," especially after you had the procedure and it's irreversible. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I'm, I think I think for trans guys, like, you know, it's still very much so uncharted territory because trans men are it's a relatively new thing in terms of there's research in terms of access to uh, hormones. So there's like cultures being created around trans men, like as we speak, because it just this is like a first time you had maybe even 10 years where you just had uh, that much visibility. You know, so it will be interesting to see what this looks. That conversation sounds like <laughs> in like five to ten years yeah. around um, trans men. Now that folks can like be like, oh yeah, I get out of high school, I can get access and can know that that's a possibility. While
1: they going it's up, a, it's gonna be the same thing. Is so? uptick. Whatever you see, an uptick of people going mm. up. It's just human nature, really.
2: Yeah, ready to start getting clocked easily because it's gonna happen once you It's already to- happening. Uh, be, nah, not like us we could like yeah. go out in public mm. they wear us out it's, that's how it's gonna be with y'all once y'all become more popular they'll be like oh yeah
3: it's a gay man. we can tell
2: because that's how they wear us out I
3: think, it, I think it happens in cis oh, gay spaces though I think that <laughs> happens now yeah with cis gay men I've definitely not for everybody but I've definitely been in spaces where cis gay men try to like fill guys up to can see if they really trans and Stuff like that, like
2: it's, it's a up. thing. Re- yeah, way, way. They feel br- we're, remember
0: Jay? Remember they feel br- when that is in so in lame.
3: Seattle? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah.
0: Jay, Absolutely. Do remember? Do you remember I when do. we was in at the Wild Rose in Seattle, and we yeah. were there, and that we and that, we that trans suffering. guy got felt up by the trans yeah. the the cisgender gay man. I that had mm. never happened in my face. I knew it happened, but it had yeah. never happened in my face.
3: Yeah, especially like you know, I think because a lot of trans guys are red as gay or red as queer and red as kind of like a little bit feminine, like guys, a lot of guys, you know, they, they be salty and kind of jealous, honestly. Like, why are you in my space? They see trans guys as threatening. I think that's a big part of that. And also, I think it's a part of the culture.
0: They are, the gay culture is real, much, much more touchy feely. Um, not saying that all gay men like that, but there are, you know, coming, I've seen them be more um aggressive with each other than you know, you know, definitely women ain't comfortable with that in certain spaces, but with gay culture, yeah,
3: yeah. It'd be me, a lot
0: I see, I see a more and more comfortability with, you know, coming up and touching a nigga dick. While oh. yes, there are some gay men who are like, no, I don't like that shit. But there are some in the culture, I have seen it multiple times where. You know, being touchy feely is not <laughs> abnormal.
3: <laughs> that and that's so wild because, like, you know, ah. for like for many AFAB, sign a- female birth people, it's like that is not what most people are used to. And that shit feels straight up like a violation off the top. Sure because does. especially if you a black girl, you, you a black AFAB person, you have to survive black girlhood <laughs> to get to a place to be, you know, put possibly a black woman in the world, or if you transition early, you know what I'm saying? Like. You're not here for none of that at all. Absolutely. These are my parts, honey. Like, like, You did not, I didn't consent to your touch. Get away from me. Like, if that's what you want to do, let me know. We can play, but like, we're going to have to talk first. <laughs> like, That's wild. But you
2: then know? y'all also enter in a space like where men's like, like, yeah, like it's almost like y'all don't mind. Like when you think, of, and not, I'm not saying I think like, it's not, new. I'm not too, saying that's what child trans men. It's exploration. But, I'm
3: sorry, go ahead. No, my bad. I I was just saying, like, I think it's new too for like a lot of trans guys. Like, I know when I first started transitioning, my therapist was like, girl, you're just gonna have to explore. You know, to try new things. I think you went new social spaces, people, you know, I think some of that, some of that is just okay, I'm just gonna try to explore and like letting stuff slide too. I, I think it's both be happening at the same time sometimes because it's like, I don't know, is this now, is this a new normal or not? You know, it's yeah. kind of like dipping your foot in the pool to see what's safe for some mm-hmm. people. And I think that's why some people end up putting up with shit they wouldn't have put up with before they transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's true across the board for a lot of trans folks, right? Like we, a lot of folks when we transition, we're like, I'll try uh, that you know, because you don't know, you know. Um, but for a lot of AFAD trans dudes, like they weren't interacting with anybody except for other AFAD people too. So that's like a whole that's a whole new thing too to deal with with gay cis dudes being in your space like that in in your face <laughs> like that when this might be the first time you're trying to even talk to uh a cisgender dude. Or this might be the first time that you're trying to talk to a, a person who's assigned male at birth. For a lot of trans guys, they never even, you know, for myself, I'll speak for myself, I was a gold star, you know what I'm saying? I pledged allegiance. I was a lesbian, I was gay, I was a dyke, I was gay, you know what I'm saying? I was a woman, a woman, I was a black centered, lesbian woman, girl, woman who loves women, blah, 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 for over 15, like 15 years of my life, some shit, you know what I'm saying? So to go out of that space to, you know, actually like, I'll speak for myself, like I'm attracted to guys, but like, I couldn't explore that because it made me a woman, It may be a girl, right? So with the gender stuff in the head. So after transitioning, I feel like I can be received the way I am now and dip my toe in the pool maybe, but not, but all this touchy up in my space filling people up and it's just weird. It's just weird.
1: (laughs) I think about it. I actually had more girls violate me in that way. Mm -hmm. That's my, Mm -hmm. they used to Mm -hmm. be my friends a lot. I Mm didn't like that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I bet. that's I, such I, a man response. I,
2: it is. <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna say was um you know, like, you know how some women will disregard like a man um as far as like his space, because you know, naturally in society, women are usually preyed on him because of misogyny and patriarchy. So they don't taking consideration that this man may feel you know some type of way by you touching him or something because he's usually the predator so Mm -hmm. I I think I think coming from a space where you know um oh I can't even speak for trans men but I'm just saying like I think that there is a um a disregard in a man's space sexually because of that atmosphere of it.
1: And mm-hmm.
2: um, that's why I think gay men are like, oh, whatever, you know, but there's like, I, I still feel like there, that you should respect somebody's boundaries as an individual, like regardless Absolutely. of how society norms are, what people usually do in these spaces. I think that people are individuals first and um, you should respect their boundaries and I don't think it's appropriate for anybody to touch anybody, regardless of what culture you're a part of. Like I had a I had a man, a gay man touch my uh, butt in the club, but he wasn't given like, oh, mm. ooh, I like your ass. It was given what they usually give, trying to see if my booty was soft or if it was real. Like they always oh, wow. I was, and I and I I looked at him like, girl, don't touch me. Cause well. some of the girls let them like them, let them touch and feel so they can see. You know, get into their realness. Don't mm-hmm. touch me. Your- no, 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 don't put your hands on me things.
1: That's happened I do you just, just like I do
2: the trade. Don't touch me, baby.
1: Huh? That's happened to me with sis having me, they would just grab mm-hmm. grab like if I was in a party or something before I transition. Before I transition, they used to just might be walking by and just get a grab and you look and they already gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it <all first> <laughs>
2: Or you passing through in the club yeah. and uh, you feel a hand out of nowhere, yeah. and you and you don't even know who it came from. You turn
0: around, all I the men looking different ways. You're like, What yeah. the fuck just happened? You yeah, know, mm. a couple of times, baby. Well, I was problematic, I was with you transition, <laughs> and definitely after transition, I'm that bitch that will, if I'm in the club, that I will grab your dick. <laughs> I would I would not do it to trans men i i'm I've never been it's something about trans men that I'm not um because I'm conscious they not from that culture it feels like. I'm. I don't even play with them on any kind of touching at all level. Mm-hmm. And so, but with cis dudes, oh baby, <laughs> I, I, I was that girl. Who wow. I would. That's how I would flirt. If you in sweatpants, I'm gonna come up and poke it. If you, and, but they would, they would wow. invite yeah. it. They would. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It would be. It would be like, oh, everybody's what you trying to on. do. It would right. be. Right. Everybody like, knows oh, what's up. Don't touch it if you ain't trying to do something. And I'll be like, uh, I am trying to do something. Let's see where where we're we about to go. And it it'll it'll it get it going. it a, it it was a way to I'm not saying that it's right. I, I understand the culture of we're trying to uh um you know, respect people's boundary. I just totally understand that's the culture we need to get to. Um, I'm just explaining my thoughts when I was not practicing <laughs> that movement. Um, but I would, it's just something that I would I would do, and it would be invited. It would be, um, dudes wouldn't have the same, dudes wouldn't have the same response. It wouldn't be the, it would be actually invited. And I don't know, maybe okay. I also do this. I would do this to people um, who... I don't want to say I did it everybody who liked me. It wouldn't be that. But I would do it to people who I had a familiar area with. familiar, like, ooh, mm-hmm. we cool and we done talked about this. But we at least have conversated. It wouldn't be a stranger that I don't know. It would be somebody who... Um, I, I we we we've been in spaces with each other, not necessarily flirted. I it, they haven't. They don't. A lot of times they have given me some kind of indication that they're flirting, but sometimes it would. Uh-huh. Be that. It would be we just know each other, and you get what I'm saying like we're in the same space and like in a classroom or you know where we are we by ourselves, and I'm like, uh, is that your dick showing? Or you get you that's usually what happens. Like if they in some sweats and that dick is dangling, I'm like, ah, what's that right there? Oh, but um it would be it wouldn't be like I wouldn't come up to a dude on the street and do it I wouldn't come up to a dude that I had no kind of interaction with that's kind of weird um not saying that what this part isn't weird either but (laughs) it's just a little different because I would it would be somebody that I have I have some type of um I have been in some type of space of on I know your name you know my name it may not have been a flirty situation, but I'm pushing the envelope so it can become a flirty situation. And so Mm -hmm. um, it never, it had never turned into something where like, Oh, I don't want people to don't touch me. Like they, I've never had um, that situation happen to me um, in my, in my youth when, when these types of circumstances was going on, but I definitely have heard. um, And I, and I think it's problematic. I've heard like, um, queer men say to trans men that y'all need to y'all coming into our space y'all need to understand that if y'all yeah. gonna be playing in the yeah. game culture this is how it goes down. and so and in my mind I'm yeah. like ah. That sounds kind of ugly if they're setting boundaries with you. it That's when it gets kind of weird. That's when you can be in spaces where you're getting called out for some kind of sexual assault or rapey situation. Because yeah. you are literally telling them that this is how our culture goes down. And basically saying they shouldn't have a problem with what you're talking about. And I think right. that's when it
1: gets like, ooh, ooh no, yeah. Yeah, I've been definitely. I've been told that before, but yeah, I'm sure. It, it's got mm-hmm. weird with uh with women when I've shown like a sort of disinterest disinterest, and they keep going. Be like, damn, like I am this one girl. She just kept going too far. I was like, damn, I am showing some disinterest. I ain't really, but like it, we like knew each other, but shit, some women don't get the. The idea, either I, some people I had tell them like, you know, chill out a little bit. You know, I make up some shit like I got a girlfriend. Like, this was before, like back then, but yeah, that's my experience. I haven't really had it with with gay men, but they have told me straight up like you need to deal with how certain men over sexualize you like how gay men use us as a fetish sometimes he basically told me I need to get over that because that's how gay men are they fetishize each other which is true to a degree because I ain't never seen so much kind of weird sexual interest so I got (laughs) so I'm just being real so yeah (laughs)
2: yeah. <laughs> I just I I, lo- I be around butch Queen so much, like since I was young, like until my adulthood where we go out to gay clubs all the time and of my good friends. Well, I wouldn't even say butch Queen I go out with gay guys because I know some gay guys are like, Stop calling me butch So I go out with gay guys. And I know some gay friends that are just like, no, don't today, pooch? Like you can't touch me. Like they give off the same energy. So for like for y'all from for for them to tell y'all y'all need to get used to it there are even men in in the culture that are okay with them touching them so exactly it's very predatory for them to say that Mm -hmm.
1: as i got more into the culture i understood why he said that to me and i was like let me
2: it's not a norm
1: because I know I was like I, I understood it was like more deep rooted than I thought because like you dealing with like men that have been socialized as men have been men their whole lives they still cis men like yeah. and then they culture around and they're sleeping say, with other cis men yeah, and they're all pumped into the testosterone and all this other stuff yeah it's bound to have it's bound for them to have some of them to have that. Mm. mindset about it and that's why some trans men become traumatized from dealing with it. i know a guy that recently got um uh, yeah. hanging out with some uh gay men so some, some gay cis men so i mean it happens they do be predatory but it's kind of just like part of that man culture too
2: i've heard of some gay so, um some gay trans men getting raped also yeah like it's like, like drugs, not drugs to the point where they're unconscious, but like like um, just fed and a lot of booze and weed and they do I mean they do the trade the same way,, mm. but it's not okay you mean
1: right? sis head?
2: Has- yes yeah, sis, the cis head performing men.
0: so we went on to another topic, another subject, of course, but um. I think it's really important for us to, when it comes to the things that we're doing to change our body and surgery, we need to be really tender and sensitive about how we are treating each other in regards. I think this is something that, you know, cis people can adopt to. Um, People are just out here trying to, um, you know, present the best way they can to the world. And, you know, that that can range from a whole gender identity change and that can range from just a girl who wants, you know, I want to go from a... A small A cup to a C cup. I just so I can be comfortable with my body. These are all yeah. just a, um. Yeah. We are just doing things that I want to present to the world my best self who and and I'm not to I'm not to that point where I'm not on that that train of you should just be trying to accept what natural God naturally gave you. Some folks ain't on that bullshit. Some folks are right. wanting to, you know, do what they can to be more proactive in how they present to the world. And so um we got to be really, really careful in our community how we are talking about each other's surgery, talking about each other's results, talking about each other's. Um, even when we talk, when we had an interview with Miss um, Joelle um, a couple of episodes ago, how we are talking mm. about other girls and and other women and other men and other boys transition and and other non-binary people, other people's transition, and if, okay. if just how we talk about it, be very very sensitive because. Um, You know, we got to be the change. Y'all listen to the beginning of the song. <laughs> of the, we got to be the change that we want to see. We can't be, uh, we cannot be talking to um people and um talking to, to the cis people, pointing our finger, da 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 and we're not giving that same grace and tenderness to um each other. And that goes along with respecting people's boundaries and respecting people's um sexuality and when and where they and when and how they want you to engage with them with their bodies and their presence. It doesn't matter what the culture is saying it doesn't matter what the the culture is racist the culture is sexist the culture is a lot of motherfucking things that we don't (laughs) want to be and so we want to make sure that we are um doing what we can to be the examples in the culture to make sure that um we are being tender to each other so let us know what you think hashtag Marsha's plate and um what have you experienced when it comes to how people are talking about surgeries and even how you um engage with the community that you are, the different community now that you, that you are a part of, how is that um, working out for you? And so, yeah, tell us what you think. Hashtag Marsha's Plate.
3: So there has been a shortage on testosterone, on the prescriptions. I went to the pharmacy this week to go pick up my testosterone. And uh, they were like, no, we don't have it. <laughs> and I was just like, why don't you have it? Cause I ordered it. Um, they had it at a different one I tried to transfer. And they said, that's when they told me they had a backlog. Um, and apparently they had a backlog this summer as well. And uh, when I was looking it up, just like what's going on with this? Apparently there's been a backlog and it's been impacting folks all over the world, not just the United States. Um, but the issue is partially because of the supply chain with um, the manufacturer and the manufacturing focusing on the COVID-19 vaccine, which has made uh, testosterone increasingly hard to find, apparently. Um, so I don't know if y'all have heard about this. Um, yeah, Canada and the US, you know, like the reason this is important though, too, right? It's like, because if you don't have your testosterone, you know, for a lot of folks, after a certain amount of time, your body is going to start to, uh, uh, all the fat and shit in your skin, everything's going to shift back into a state before you took testosterone. It's going to shift back into a state that has more estrogen and progesterone. And then for trans guys who have not, and you can get your period. So let's be clear, your period comes back. And then two, For guys who have had a hysterectomy or an oophorectomy or had their ovaries removed, then they have no hormones in their body. So then that really puts you at risk for early onset menopause and a a whole set of issues. So it's really important that people have um, access to their hormones. Pfizer, for example, they're not even making as much testosterone because they're making COVID-19 vaccine that ain't nobody taking here. <laughs> so, like, that's you know, that's a part of the the issue, um, and it's impacting you know folks all the way, you know, at the continent too. Articles about folks over in South Africa trying to work around this uh, issue.
1: Work around what the testosterone shortage?
3: Or? Yeah, yeah, not having access to their to their medication. Hmm. That
1: really sucks.
3: Is, is that an issue with um any of uh, hrt for when it comes to trans women For trans film folks
1: i haven't
0: had that experience but m- the question i i kind of have d- does cis men not take t tea for any reason
3: cis yeah. men do but it's not it's not it's not a common it's not a common prescription mm-hmm. it wasn't it's not it's not it's not like an enormous amount of like the I think there's a couple things too because there's way more people that take testosterone now. Like the market is bigger than it used to be. Um, And today you only get a one ml vial for, um, yeah, you only get a one ml vial, which is like one milliliter vial. Back in the day, you used to get a 10 milliliter vial of testosterone and you could use that for whatever your dosage is. So like if you take a half a mil you know, every week or, you know, one ML or two ML a month, then that two, four, six, eight, ten, 10, boom, you got five months worth of prescription if you take one, you know, like that. But they about 20, I want to say like two thousand around like 2012 or so, it might have been some Obama stuff. Like he might, I think when he changed, he changed some policies uh, that helped with more access. And it just was like, bloop, through the roof. All these people take testosterone. Everybody, you get testosterone. You get testosterone. The college campuses offer testosterone now. So if you go, to a lot of public institutions. You go to like a, a big, a larger school. Then you can just be like, I'm going to go to the school services and get T. So now you got a whole market of folks who have nothing to do with college campuses getting more access. And then you also got a market in these concentrated college campus areas too. So it's just making it more hard and at the end of the day where it's the most the least accessible is for folks in the hood because I you know depending on where you live the pharmacy is gonna have more depending on the market too so it becomes a class issue as well
2: I'm so glad I was a black market girl before I became a prescribed girl because baby when the shit hit the fan I know who to go to
3: Yeah. And there's, there's not really, there is a black market around testosterone. not saying that whatever, I'm just saying it's not, it's not, it hasn't been in existence as long and it's not as big.
0: Yeah, we would, I would, shit, I start getting, so when I started taking moms, which was back in fucking, you know, 96, 97, I, we i would get it from the drag queens and they would they would take me into the um mm. the um bathroom and shoot me in my butt with the hormones <laughs> in the bathroom stall um then when i start going to mexico i would just i would go to the pharmacist in mexico and um buy the vials there and that was that actually was the better i i got i found better results with those um, and then actually recently, like in February is the of this year, is the first time that I have ever had like the legitimate prescribed well no no no, I wow. got prescribed pills when I was um like 19, 18, um, 17, 18. And um, by this doctor that was by me, but it was only pills and it was super, super easy. It wasn't the actual oh shot. It was um, just Estrace, which was like $52 at the time in like ninety ninety eight ninety nine. 98, 99. Um, but when I got older, this is in February is the first time that I've gotten actually gotten the shots. And my I'm prescribed like three milliliters of um, estrogen. And I haven't had any issues in regards to shortage um, and they give us like a five milliliter. I don't know. A five, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I would have to look it up, but it's, they give us enough to where it's lasting me a lot. <laughs> it's, lasting, mm-hmm. it's lasting me a lot. It's lasting me probably like six months. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and, I, and it's once a week. And so I don't, yeah. I don't experience any kind of shortage. Have you, Mia?
2: I've, I've always been on the peel. So, no, I haven't experienced any th- shortage, but like trust and believe. If I do. <laughs> I know where to go. I'll go right onto that Mexican market over there in Dallas. Honey. I got a boy that fly town of town. town <laughs> Hit me up. I'm to go, I don't know where to go.
3: Right. I mean, okay, that's, like, that's, like, yeah. like that's
2: like the worst thing to go through. Like as a trans person because man, I had to go through it to get surgery to like reverse, like when you were talking about you get your mm-hmm. periods and then you get that um, distribution back to the places that they were not at you get to getting shapely and stuff That's right, skin so changes
1: trig- Yeah. has yeah.
2: Yeah. gotta be so triggering cause baby the reverse happens to the girls which did happen to me slightly but still you even though it's slight you, you see it because you you know which way you're trying to go if that makes sense, you know what what progression looks like in di- in digression. I should say. Is that digression or- yeah? But yeah, I, I I I can see how like um how mentally draining that could be for somebody who is having that issue. Like no way to yeah, get on. Be, I feel like it would know. be worse. You, yes. gotta, you gotta go by you, by gotta, you don't know when past, your beard
3: is coming she, back. Come on.
2: Dependent. And it's not going to come
3: back regularly either because you've been on testosterone for so long. So it's going to take, that's got to re-regulate as well. If you're in that situation, you know,
2: it's
3: triggering. Yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. You know, like is is there a tentative time that this might
3: problem might? Um, they say that the shortage began in March. It's affecting both of the leading manufacturers of injectable testosterone, Boston Fiber, Pfizer, not fiber. Uh, Pfizer says it began. It might be ongoing until early twenty twenty two. So hopefully, it will be over soon. Um, but I know that that's got to be. It's triggering to me, like you know, like I hope they have my prescription uh, this week. Hopefully, they'll have it tomorrow, you know, tomorrow or Tuesday. But again, just like you know, like I've I've been in a situation where my hormones were, oh, it was a whole situation that went down. But but my body kind of was kind of going this like flux situation. I ended up getting like a pyodino pyodonal cyst. It's like a cyst on your um, at the top of your Butt crack, ass crack, the the tailbone or some shit. Like I had no idea, right? Because my skin, I was in a situation where, like, I, my body was uh, the. I was taking my testosterone, but my body was losing testosterone at the same time. It was the, the whole thing going down at the time, and so you know, my skin was going in back and forth, and you know, harder, softer, harder, softer. So that's how I ended up with this with this cyst so like the the repercussions or something like that it's not even just like okay now my whole thinking my whole body's going to be off because I don't have my tea but also did you add this added element oh shit am I going to have to buy tampons am I going to have to go buy pads am I going to have to go through this thing that I thought I would never have to go through again because I started testing <laughs> you know um on top of the the skin you know like it's just so many different like you said me it's like it's different there's so many different changes, and they're concerned about people taking risky measures to uh, to uh, to compensate. Because again, like the black market situation for testosterone is not really a; it's not; it's a new thing. You and know? I
0: would love to see uh, to for somebody to do some research about like our intercommunity community connections because. Um, there's a certain level of isolation that I see in trans men with, that I don't see in trans women. We may be, you know, we may be catty and, you know, da da da, but we are a community. Like any city I go to that I have lived in, there's a community of trans women. Even ones that you that you that don't like each other, there's still a community where their word of mouth can get around. What what the doctors can we go to? What surgeries can we go to? Who is doing silicone? Who is you know? There yeah. is a level of community that I see in um in trans women that I have seen for decades that I have not seen in trans men that now i'm seeing it more often of them coming together and building community spaces for one another but i didn't see that in the same way i I didn't see that growing up in the same way that i saw with trans women with trans men the the i saw trans men but they were um isolated they weren't in community with each other going to the club together where trans women i saw that for i've i've never been in a space where i didn't see trans women doing that does make sense that's real
3: yeah, I think it's a no, combination it's of things now. too. Though, yeah, it is changing. I think it's a combination of things too. I think most uh, people assigned female at birth growing up tend to be more social, and then when you transition, people have an expectation that men aren't supposed to be social. People put a lot of project a lot of uh, stuff onto folks, um, but also your like you're going through like uh, teenage boy puberty. It's a it's a, such an intense thing your body is changing hair is changing your smell is changing your this is changing your skin is changing so you're going through all these things and you know there's a lot because testosterone is such a powerful drug and does so much i think to your body transformation i think it's just a lot to take in and there's a lot of projection and there's not a lot of spaces um as you mentioned diamond like that's it's, it's become there are more spaces but you know, there uh, there used to be less resources, but more accurate information, and now because trans folks and us being as trans people has become in a popular culture, I think that's a part of the reason why it's been, um, while that's happening simultaneously at the same time, while there's more uh, access for HRT for trans men and AFAB people, I think that those two things together have um, really put the emphasis on imagery and put the emphasis on all these other things and talking about being trans is like one ball versus like, there's a medical aspect. There's a legal aspect. There's a social aspect. There's a, you know, surgical aspect. You will have any combination of these things or not some of these things, but white middle-class folks, they found a brand. They like it, trans stuff, non-binary stuff. And they having that conversation stay in this abstract place. And, you know, um, that's a whole nother tangent, but like, I think that's a part of the reason why we kind of just, got into this place of just like this very vague trans stuff and not really talking about our health the way as much as I feel like we talk used to talk about health way more than we do now. What do you all think about um, you know, um in terms of like supporting each other who are uh folks who aren't um getting access or might have a shortage like what are the ways that people do that in your community? Is that happening through um, the black market? Is it happening through like mutual aid where folks just got extra testosterone? Um, Let us know. Um, Also, yeah, just like, yeah, how are people navigating this where you live? Um, Yeah, let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Plate.
1: So I came across an article. It's about a book Called the Hidden Case of ewan Forbes and the Unwritten History of the Trans Experience by Zoe Pladon. It's basically a book about a white trans man in the 1900s. His case that he won, as far as like um, inheritance of wealth, could have in the U- in the UK, it could have legalized trans identity. He came from a wealthy family in Britain and the land or whatever and the wealth was supposed to go to whoever the the firstborn son was. So the firstborn son, which was Ewan's brother, passed away. Wow. And so by this time that Ewan's brother was gone and the, the father passed away, Ewan was already, he already went through the process of transitioning. Even through his wealth and access, he was able to actually get his documents changed oh, wow. and So because of his tides. And this was in the 1900s, like from 19, like about 1912, 19 uh, through like 1930s. And so he was able to do it. And so, when he was gonna get the the, the wealth transferred over, the next in Ken was his cousin John. And so he was gonna get it, but his sister, which was a lesbian, actually said, No, he's actually was born a girl. And his sister's name was Margaret. Wow. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> a and, hater. Uh, Haters in the 19th wow. century. Right. <laughs> It, but she later backtracked after she realized mm-hmm. her lesbianness was still an oppression, oppression thing. She realized that didn't work in her favor. She realized it actually would kind of work in her favor if Ewan got some rights. So she backtracked. Huh. And by this time, the cousin already butted in like, yeah, I, I want the wealth. That's for me. I'm a cis man. And so um, yes. basically... <laughs> Ewen went through all these these hoops to, you know, in court and eventually won the case that he proved his maleness in a, in a you know, mm-hmm. in a way that showed documents. A showed, Yeah, it showed consistency of him living as a man for so long because he started hormones already by that time too. He was able to get hormone wow. injections like uh, the year after 1932 when the first trans woman got her sex change then after that he was able to get access that opened the door for access to hormonal therapy and psychological therapy and stuff so like around 1933 he was already on hormones and stuff and so what was interesting in the article is it talks about um you know even though trans women were far more numerous and visible in the 1960s and 1990s The book shows us that in the 1930s, trans men were overwhelmingly featured in popular Mm -hmm. group stories about sex changes, specifically. Wow. You know, being trans was a mystery, and trans women who were considered far far rarer than trans men were especially mysterious in the 1930s time. So I thought that was an interesting aspect of it. Um, But what turned out to be is he didn't like put his story out there um, in a way that would make everybody else benefit from it. He kind of just, you know, went back into his wealth and his privilege and he was able to already have been married with his with his cis woman wife after he already got his documents changed. So after he won that case, he kind of just went back into his own little hole and so people were talking about how if he made it a thing you know if he made it if he he kind of in a way backhanded his sister too because he didn't try to pull her up to help her get rights either to be legally married Mm -hmm. and stuff so after she backtracked thinking oh you know this is a way for him to help me he actually did he actually just left it alone he was like well I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you clocked my teeth, so like, what you think I'm right do? on the
3: on the first part,
1: right? Yeah, so that's <laughs> what happened. Just when his privilege, then it could have legalized trans identity in a way, but I don't think he saw that vision of that. I think he probably mm. just saw I did all this, all these moves to work hard to get these ties to get my gender change. He probably didn't feel the need to fight for more for all the other trans people. So I just mm. want to share that story with y'all and see what y'all thoughts were on it.
2: Nah, I mean, most trans men do that. So that's not something that's <laughs> far-fetched.
1: Uh, no shade. <laughs> um,
2: I would have did the same thing because maybe the way the laws are set up now are completely different the way the laws are set mm-hmm. up then. Mm-hmm. He would have got wore out and it, it would have been just I mean, there's so many things that could have happened to him. Like, hopefully right. that I could see why he would be like, "Let me try to do what I got to do, and then, bitch, hit it." So you know, it don't make the news and people, because like when people Safety get to talk, your ticket you're yep. clock, and so yep. not gonna be able to maneuver. Because you know, everybody, her, his um, his sister ain't the only person that grew up with them, <laughs> right? So I I can see why you would be like, okay, bitch, let me, I hope this don't mess up. Let me get what I need and then do.
3: Fascinated that it's like that's such a long time ago,
1: you know? Yeah. yeah. In the 1930s. He was he was very wealthy at the time. He was able to win over a cis guy, even though he kind of like I don't want to say illegally got his gender change, but because of his connections and stuff, he did. Mm. Otherwise, nobody else would have gotten that chance if they didn't have certain connections and stuff. I'm pretty sure most people would have like, okay. done it illegally, but he was able to use his privilege to do it, but he didn't use his privilege to help others. And that's when it is a disservice. But, I mean, 1930s, I mean trans people didn't have rights like that. So I really can't blame them. But because of his Mm -hmm. access, it's kind of like, damn, you probably could have really made an impact. But I mean, it's not even just a trans man thing. It's like what a lot of he was white. So it's what a lot of white people do. That's what have been the issue with um, Mm -hmm. some people that have had with gay, white, queer men. Because once they got their rights, marriage legal rights, You know, they kind of just left everybody else in the shadows. And so now everybody's trying to pick up on that work even more. Where they left
2: off. And definitely shows you what white privilege
1: looks like. Let's talk about that.
0: (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what I want to talk about. Because Mm -hmm. it is quite, it is not lost on me that I know way more white trans men stories in this era than anybody else's when we mm-hmm. think about um reed erickson do y'all know who that is
3: yeah. heard of that Damn.
0: so reed erickson was a white trans man that inherited wealth here in the united states they lived in louisiana somewhere he he inherited um his family's <laughs> wealth mm-hmm. and um you know he transitioned in that this around the same exact time between 1936 and 1940s like in this you know a little bit later than um that uh, um 33 but in the 30s transitioned and he had this money and he was living his life as this white man because well, literally he was going from being a cis white woman and right. now he is enjoying the spoils of right, being a white man, white man. <laughs> yep. and so but yep. unlike um, Ewan Forbes, it's interesting that he has the last name Forbes as well, which is synonymous with wealth and things. Um, um, unlike Ewan, actually, Reed a- Erickson actually did contribute to the community. Um, Reed actually um, created the Erickson Educational Foundation, which is like a nonprofit um, philanthropic organization that founded and controlled um and really, all of the movements that was happening, like political movements that was happening from mm-hmm. the like 1964, like between 1964 and 1984, any yeah. political movement, most like majority of political movements, the Eric the Erickson Educational Foundation was giving money to those movements. So he actually huh. um, he actually um, contributed to most of the movements between 1964 and 19. Um, you know, 84. So he uh-huh. actually did created like a, a whole archive for trans history, like really uh-huh. collecting things in regards to um um in regards to the history about our lives. So there's a whole archive of our stuff that people have that a- academics can be able to wow. get access to that he created. And so he really actually did a lot. Now, he has some issues (laughs) because he has some issues with drugs. white man has some issues. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He he actually moved to Southern California. um, And at the time of his death, he died at like um, 74. Um, He Mm. had become addicted to drugs and he died in Mexico because he was a a fugitive for with drug indictments in the USA. So he actually, he had, he he had some drug indictments and went to Mexico and actually died in Mexico. So was able to flee (laughs) to another country because of his wealth and live great. Um, so that was how his life ended. But between the time he transitioned and, and, um, like 84, he really contributed fiscally to many of the movements that were happening, um, that kind of gave us the rights that we have now, um, And I find it quite Hmm. interesting that around this time, there was there was tons of Hmm. um, trans men that were living fighting a civil war here in the United States that was fighting in the um, Mexican war in Mexico against the United States. There's tons of there was like there's three that I know of Mexican trans men that that got up in ranks. In the Mexican War, it's tons in this era between the late 1800s and early 1900s. There was tons of trans mm-hmm. people living, be, living on farms with their wives, like really just living their lives because there weren't any like quote unquote rules about trans people yet. Right. When right. Christian Georgenston gets her sex change. White trans woman. Mm-hmm. Once that becomes this big ass theme. This big ass huge thing and it becomes pop trans becomes popular. Um, right. then now the government and the people who the 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 conservative people, religious people now, because they're seeing this as a um you know, as uh, something that they got to fight against, that's when they start making those rules, those those, um, you know, this is when the Hayes rules came along Um, as far, as far as like anti-homosexual being being played on on movie screens. it's st- mm-hmm. They started to have a backlash against anything that was out of the norm. Right. And so then they start creating these rules about masquerade, uh, you know, masquerade laws, all that kind of stuff. They started, but prior to this, you know, the, it was like the Wild, Wild West. Trans people could just kind of do what they want because they weren't, it wasn't this popular thing. It, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have television. They could just be living right. their fucking lives without it being an issue and not, you know, and kind of just going about their lives without no tea. And mm-hmm. so we are now battling against the laws that were created in our history um, that um, wow. you know that that was created to be against us because of the popularity of a Christian Georgeson because of those things and because of the sensationalism of trans women and that whole thing about oh a man going to a woman because that's the whole thing why um, Christian was popular because they was like oh she's a GI she's a, right. a military person that's going oh to be this glamazon bombshell so and so so and so mm. that sensationalism. That's why it became popular. That's why the rules started. They had to change the rules to kind of wear us out. And so it's beautiful seeing that kind of history. And we as as folks now can make that kind of connection um in regards to um our history and understand that we are undoing the shit that was happening.
1: Right after that, um, he ended up getting his hormone surgery, which I mean hormone therapy, which I didn't know went back that far, but um and also the the says the book writer says that um the publication of the book eighteen eighty 1880, in eighteen eighty six Psychopathia sexualis It was a medical book by a psychiatrist in Germany, and he was basically just talking about the differences between sexual behavior. Quote, uh, aka gay men and uh, lesbian women, but mostly they were focused on AMAP people. It says the difference between gay men and trans people, basically, and saying how they were two different things. And so that's what Mm -hmm. first started to benefit trans people altogether. So I basically want to close it out by Um, saying, you know, try to be you know, aware of what your privileges are, sometimes your complexion is the protection, and as one of my favorite comedians would say. Right. So, you know, I'm one of those people, and so sometimes I take a step back, like, hmm, but I also know I can't help with privileges i was born with. So it's just like, sometimes I have to check myself, like, okay, maybe I am operating from a place of privilege. So sometimes it calls for that. You know what I'm saying? So, I just want y'all to just check what your privileges are. All right. Well, I think we did a show, y'all. Make sure y'all tell us what you think.
0: Um, Jonathan, <laughs> you are a welcome um, addition. I love... Nice to be here. You're having. It's beautiful. Thank you, know. you for being here. Um, and yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes,
1: that's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it
0: for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Mia?
2: Yeah? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, all right. Oh,
3: don't you worry about a thing. Maybe Maybe